welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the fine people over at NetHealth. So what do they do? They have Redoc powered by XFIT, which is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. You can expand your visit capacity, get paid for your services, leaving no money left on the table, ramp up patient engagement so you keep them coming back, and finally, eliminate worries about documentation and compliance. To learn more about Redoc and complete revenue cycle management services, check them out at nethealth.com healthy. All right, on to today's episode. So this was an episode that was a Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago, and my guest is Dr. Carrie Pagliano. So she is the newly minted president of the Section on Women's Health, which is part of the American Physical Therapy Association. She received her master's in physical therapy from the University of the Sciences in Philadelphia, and then a doctor of physical therapy from the University of St. Augustine for health sciences. She is double board certified in orthopedic and women's health and holds manual therapy certifications from USAHS. She founded the MedStar Georgetown University Hospital PMNR pelvic floor program, and in 2014, founded the MGUH Women's Health PT Residency. She is co-instructor for women's health-focused real-time ultrasound education, teaching assistant for pelvic floor education, and clinical instructor for student education. It's a lot of education. She lectures nationally in the areas of chronic pelvic pain, integrative practice models, and pelvic floor dysfunction, and she is a newly minted entrepreneur. Yay, Carrie. So in this episode, we talk about all of that. We talk about how she manages being a mom, leader, and entrepreneur in physical therapy, how to elicit the needed support from your tribe to catapult you to success, a framework for creating value and solving people's pain points when building your own practice, and embracing your vulnerabilities, practicing gratitude over even the smallest of successes. So a huge thank you to Carrie for coming on to uh to the podcast and for doing it live on Facebook. So I'm not really going to edit this because we want to give keep it with that live feel. So everybody enjoy. And thanks again, Carrie, for coming on the podcast. Okay. So we are live. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Live. If you happen to be watching live, I would love for you to uh, write down where you're watching from and who you are so that we can see it in the uh, chat. And if you have any questions as we lead up towards the end, we'll be happy to take some questions as well. So welcome to Healthy, Wealthy and Smart Live. And I am here with Dr. Carrie Pagliano. So welcome. And can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. So I've been a PT since uh, 1999. And I primarily practice in the area of a women's and pelvic and pediatric health. And um, I recently opened, as recently as last week, I opened a practice in Arlington, Virginia. 
Um, and then I'm also the new president for section of women's health for the APTA. So that's kind of the work side. And then I also have uh, two kids, seven and four, and an amazing husband who I can't do any of this stuff without. So um, that's a little bit about me. So huge, obviously, changes and shifts in your career in the past month, I would say. And, yes. you know, as, as everyone knows, yesterday was uh, International Women's Day. So in honor of that, I'd like to talk a little bit about what it's like being a woman, being a mom in the workplace, owning your own business, being in a leadership position within the APTA. And just so people know, when you're in these leadership positions, it takes up time. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And it's it's not like it's a volunteer position. Yeah. You know, you are volunteering. Yes, to be part of this position. And I think that's another thing people need to uh, remember when they look at the American Physical Therapy Association and all the people in it, the majority of them are volunteer or are volunteers that are just there to kind of make everyone's experience as a physical therapist in the United States better. So let's talk about what it's like being a mom, being a very new business owner, and being part of the leadership within the section on women's health. So how do you do it? I'll just give it, I'll um, just throw it over to you now. I, I'm tired now that you said all that. <laughs> it, it's funny, I was thinking about this a little bit this morning, and I think when you actually start to write it down, it does get a little bit scary, but it's it's kind of, this is just what normal life has become. And, you know, you don't wake up one morning in PT school and say, hey, I want to be president. I want to own my own business. I want to have kids. I want to do all this stuff. Um, for me, it's just been kind of a natural progression. And um, thinking about, uh, you know, International Women's Day yesterday, I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, a PT. She does uh, PRN work. And, and I said, well, you know, are you a member? And she's like, well, you know, I, I'm just PRN and, and I made a decision to do the mom thing. And I'm like, that's still kind of amazing. So we have so many ways in our profession in which women and specifically moms can um, choose to be a part depending on where they are in, you know, their, their family development and whatnot. But there's, there's still so much that, you know, just the PRN mom PT has to offer to those newer physical therapists. And so one of the things I was really thinking about yesterday was regardless of where we are in our career and family life cycle, we have a lot to offer. Um, and think, thinking I'm just this or I'm just that, um, we, we need to, to own up to the fact that, you know, we still run the home. We, we, you know, get the kids off to school, although this morning was not pretty. Um, we, we get our patients taken care of. We, we, we do all these things and it's just kind of what normal is. So, um, taking a second yesterday and just kind of celebrating that a little bit and how amazing women are, especially in our field. That's, you know, I think predominantly female, um, that, that was actually kind of special yesterday to stop and, and think for a second, Hey, we, we do a lot of stuff here. So. Yeah, and I think, you know, the word just is sort of like a nasty four-letter four letter word, the J word. Yes. So many women say that, well, oh, you know, I'm just PRN, or oh, I just do this, or I remember when right. people used to ask about this podcast, like, oh, I just do it on the side. And so it kind of minimizes what you do. 
So is that something that you used to do? Do you still do it? And do you have any advice on how to overcome that feeling of, well, I'm just. Sure. I mean, I, my, my background, I, I just, yeah, I just, here's the just again. Um, I left um, working in a large hospital system and I worked there for 10 years. I started working there prior to uh, my kids and actually started building a residency program while I was pregnant with my oldest and eventually filtered into PRN and had a really strong run as PRN and got to the point where um, both my kids were in school full time. And this is me literally in, in August, I, I wrote this down. I said, something has to change. And this is, I, I knew I was going to go into president. Um, I knew we had closed our, our residency and, and I'm sitting there thinking something's got to change. Um, and it's, it's not, I'm just doing this. I'm just doing that. It's now kind of where can I make an impact? Where am I happy? Um, and where do, where do things match up? Like where, if I want to be around for my kids, how do I make that happen? If I want to be there for my patients, how do I make that happen? And, and where I was sitting over the summer was, was a place that, um, you know, if I had to call out sick for, you know, the kids were sick and I had to stay home, I had no way to reschedule my patients. Whereas finding some flexibility now with, with my own practice, if my kids are sick, I can reschedule to another day. I can, I have that control. Um, and so that just piece of it is, yeah, it was just PRN, but I was really kind of handling a lot of things um, within that a residency and, and building a pelvic program. Um, and not to minimize, I, I think minimizing it, we do it a lot. And I think we just kind of do it offhand and don't realize it. And I have been trying to be more conscientious now um, to acknowledge what we do. And, and when I was talking with my friend yesterday, I said, you know, this isn't just, you, you, you do all these things, um, but we don't give ourselves credit at all. We're like, oh, well, this is just, you know, what we do. Um, no, you're, you're, you're baller. You're kind of doing some amazing things. So yeah, pausing and taking a second. And, and just congratulating yourself for all that you do. And I remember at the Women in PT Summit last year, I think you stood up and you were like, well, I'm announcing that I'm starting my own practice. And it was amazing. So it was kind of a little emotional along with, I mean, there was a lot of emotion that day, but it was a yes, little emotional. Was. Was a little <laughs> up, but, you know, you had all that support there and everybody was obviously like really excited. And now here you are in your office doing this. Yeah, interview. I'm in my, my office. <laughs> um, and, and that's the thing, too, that I, I think we don't give ourselves credit for either. I mean, I had started to think about doing something over the summer. The Women in PT Summit was September. And, and when you get to the point where you articulate it to people, then it starts to become more real. And at that point, I had no idea that this space is three blocks from my house. I have walked past it. We've lived in our home for five and a half years. Um, it wasn't even for rent. I wasn't even looking for um, a space. I did, you know, some home visits initially with for a, high, a side hustle. Um, you find things when you start looking um, and you find things when you're open. And it's an uncanny ability that I think women have is making things happen. Um, I, my first couple of weeks doing the home care side hustle, 
I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm seeing patients in my neighborhood, just dropped off my kids at school. I can see somebody down the street. And then I realized being on my knees on somebody's living room floor, and I'm almost 42. I, you know, I'm in decent shape, but I, I was like, I'm not doing that. Um, so you start to think, okay, something's got to be different. And so having the flexibility to say, okay, it doesn't have to be one way, and I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but the openness to be able to um, see opportunities that that may not have been obvious before. So yeah. So once you kind of open up your mind to those possibilities. It sounds like yeah. the space found you, the universe sort of spoke back and the space found yeah. you. And, 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 and it was all, it was always there, but you weren't ready to receive it yet. And now that yes. you were, it was like, perfect. Well, and, and that's the thing I, I was thinking about as well. There's, there's so many women leaders that have come before us that, um, I mean, you're, you're a fantastic example too, that, that saw that entrepreneurial spirit when the risk level was much higher. I mean, I've been out of school almost 20 years now, and the the idea of going out on your own, it was to become like a Novacare, become like a Health South. And I had no um, appetite for that kind of risk, but I knew I really wanted to be good at what I did. Um, and you find out very quickly that in um, corporate and hospital practice, you hit the ceiling pretty quickly, um, but there were those women that were out there. I mean, locally, I'm I'm gonna name drop. I mean, um, Jen Chu in my area in the DC metro area, Stephanie Coleman. They they had businesses before they had kids, and they had the cojones to do it um, when the risk was high. Um, you know, Jenny Gablesburg out in California. I'm like, I don't know how they do multi, you know, location clinics. Yeah, or Michelle um, Colley. She Michelle Colley, she's another and one kids, in the and I mean, what? Exactly, exactly. But now, I mean, I feel like there's such an absurgence of women and especially moms in the entrepreneurial space because uh, my local entrepreneurial group, um, AWE, it's uh, Awesome Women Entrepreneurs in Arlington. Um, most of the women here decided to become an entrepreneur because their kids were in school and they tried, basically you sit down and you're like, okay, well, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, and so in our space, because we have the flexibility in what we do, you know, it can be consulting. It can be, um, you know, the side hustle. It can be doing PRN. Um, and it's not just PRN. It's like, you're part of the team too. And that's what I want to encourage also, um, to understand is we're an asset. We're going to be loyal. We're going to stay. Um, and we want to contribute. So you really want to make us part of your team. Um, I mean, I, I was at Georgetown for 10 years. And, you know, if, if they were interested in building that program further, I still would have been there. Um, so there's a lot that, that we can contribute, but there's a huge entrepreneurial spirit right now. And I think technology is also facilitating that, um, you know, online scheduling and, um, you know, I, I can't wait for this whole telehealth thing that I think is going to to make it easier for moms to, you know, see a couple patients while their kids are at preschool. Um, I just feel like now's a really good time. And and women are owning that space to say, hey, there's other women out there who need this from a patient side. I'm happy to be there as an advocate for them on the professional side. And one thing I want to kind of circle back on that you had said during uh that talk there is that you have an entrepreneurial group that mm -hmm. you're a part of. 
Um, yep. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I doubt it's just all PTs. No, it's not. I'm I'm actually one of two. So, um, it, and this is the thing too. And when, when you're scared about going into this, listen to every podcast that you can. And of course, all the side hustles you're, you you did, like okay, find find these other people. And I literally googled. I don't know, women entrepreneurs, and I'm super lucky in, in Arlington. Um, so AWE originally was Arlington Women Entrepreneurs, and it's now branched out in the DC metro area, so they just made it awesome, women entrepreneurs. And um, we get together, and what's really nice about it is we all have similar pain points. Like everybody knows what it's like to have that first. Uh, so the first meeting I went to, was even before I'd started my home business. And I said, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what to do and to do it right. And so they would have a speaker come in and then at the end, everybody goes around and does their one minute elevator pitch. I'm like, I don't have one. <laughs> and um, hi, I'm Carrie, I'm a physical therapist. I am going to start a practice and I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, that's my, that's well, my you know, elevator pitch. That's not a bad <laughs> elevator pitch when you're in a group of entrepreneurs because then guess what? Everybody has a hand raised to tell you how they can help you. Yes. And and that's the thing is you start to realize that everybody's gone through it and then you start to meet. So I have a um, uh, a brunch schedule with um, someone who's uh, a, a reporter for um, some major media outlets. And uh, I found an integrated medicine physician for another referrals. And I mean, we, we have things that are shared. And I, I think, you know, women, we do a really good job about finding our tribe and stepping out of our own profession and finding people that have similarities. I mean, that's what I do with my patients as well. I mean, doing pelvic health in the first two minutes, you've got to get trust pretty quickly. And so, you know, if they've come in postpartum and they've got diastasis, you know, I'm going to share with them, hey, I've gone through this too. I've got two kids. I had diastasis. I know exactly what you're talking about. And don't be scared about telling me you do CrossFit because guess what? I go to the CrossFit box next door. Um, it's establishing that trust and that rapport and that um, tribe mentality. And there's so many different ways to do it. So um, I'm going to look at finding, making like a local women PT one because there's, there's so many of us around here mm -hmm. um, that are building that. And, but the attitude is not of we're competitors. The attitude is, hey, there's a lot to go around. We have a lot of similar things that we're going through. Let's try and all work through this together. And that's actually really fun. Yeah. And now you had mentioned about you all kind of had similar pain points. Can you yeah. just tell the listeners, maybe like give maybe two pain points and sure. what they were and how you work together to solve them? Okay. So one pain point is very recent. Um, it's going through setting things up with local municipalities. Um, so how do you get a certificate of occupancy? If you need a sign, did you know that you also need a commercial builder permit to hang said sign? Even um, if it's and just, just a little tiny sign? Oh, even if it's just a little tiny sign. <laughs> um, and that takes time. It takes at least a day. And I mean, no one in, you know, you know, Des Moines, Iowa is going to be able to tell me how that works in Arlington, Virginia. So having local entrepreneurs that can tell you exactly, hey, this is something that you need to do. This is how you work it. Um, that was invaluable. Um, I think another thing, too, is the pain points of um, 
how do you figure out the balance piece? And I think balance is such a, a funny word too. Um, there's a lot of mom run businesses in, in Arlington and moms that have kids that are older that are in high school and my kids are younger, they're pre-K and first grade. And just, I think having that touch point of, um, I was, I was talking to a friend of mine that her kids had my son's kindergarten teacher. So, I mean, and I think her kids were 16 now. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew exactly what I was going through with, with my kids locally and they were running a business. And so you can't really get much closer than that. So understanding, okay, well, how do you balance the demands of, you know, a, a local education and making sure the kids get to the activities and do what they need, but then also balancing what you need to do um, to, to keep your company afloat and, and get your name out there and, and, you know, get the word out to mom's groups and, and those sorts of things. So um, I think locally, that's what they did the most um, was really bring it down to ground level because these are my neighbors, you know, and that part's really cool um, that these are my neighbors and, and they're kind of doing the same thing. And, and that's really fun. Very cool. Yeah, I think those are some great pain points that a lot of people can relate to. And hi, everyone joining us, Alex, Jennifer. And earlier, Jennifer said, so true. I learned so much from the PR, quote unquote, PRN moms. Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> they're a exactly. treasure trove of information, let me tell you. Exactly. So now you alluded a little bit to uh, work life, we'll say balance. But I think <laughs> it, there's no such thing. What is it? What was I think it was Michelle Colley. Is she the one who said work life integration or work life? What did, I can't remember what she said. It was something around those at, terms, at the women yeah. in PT summit, but it was something like that. So yeah. now that you've so you've got your own business, you've got two yep. young children, and you're the president of the a- the um, section on women's health for the APTA. Now, I mean, I'm on the nominating committee for the private practice section, which is nowhere even near the amount of work that I see the private practice board doing. Yeah. So how do you feel like you're, because this is all new, so do you yep. have a game plan to be able to integrate this into your life and into your lifestyle? Yeah. And and I think, you know, even when I, I considered running for president, I mean, I, I was in VP position before that. It's it's still different. The gravity of the situation is still quite different. Um, I mean, for me, and this is it's funny, I was just thinking, you know, well, I'm just working this many hours. Um, no, I really work all the time. Don't say the J word um, out every time. I know. I know. Um, no, but I knew patient care wise. And, and this is the thing, too. You just wake up one morning and you realize these things. Um, it's it's been kind of practice and coming along. When I um, started back to peer on practice, I was working um, two. I, I would work Tuesday, Thursday, um, and initially tried to maybe work two tens and, and work a part time status, and and that just wasn't working. It was too much, and and it was. I like teaching a little bit. I like um, working with students. I like working with mentees. Um, I, I think the first part, I guess, was just filling, figuring out where my buckets are filled. And working with patients fills some of the buckets, but also working with my profession fills a lot of buckets. Working with students and mentees fills buckets. Being with my family fills buckets. So I knew that about myself, and that wasn't something that, that came up all of a sudden. That was something that I kind of realized over time. Um, and then I think structuring my, my schedule 
based on that. So I, I'm, I'm still kind of figuring that piece out now with, with flexibility also comes the problems of becoming too flexible. You're like, oh, I can just squeeze this person in. I can do that. And so I really have to stick to my guns of, you know, I don't want to see a new patient right before lunch because I know it's going to spill into my lunch and I need to get stuff done. Because when I leave the office, I can't be thinking about what's in the office. I need to be fully present for my kids. Um, and same thing with the, with the president stuff. I mean, I, we're super fortunate. We have an amazing board right now. We have an amazing new executive director that really just lets us work to our strengths. Um, and I think if it weren't for that, I would be much more tentative about incorporating that piece. Um, where we've come with a section of women's health is really allowing the board to govern instead of trying to figure out how to run a million dollar nonprofit, which I don't know how to do, by the way, um, but allowing me to use my skill set and the rest of the board to use our skill set to, to move our, our membership forward. So I guess the summary piece is really being honest with what I wanted and then making sure that this stuff fit in. Um, and and I, I do teaching too, by the way, I'm, I'm adjunct at Marymount University, but it's a mile down the road. My chair lives um, a couple blocks. Um, a lot of the students end up becoming our babysitters. Like it's, it's, it's not, it's one stop shopping for a lot of different things. Um, so it's making sure that it serves you and serves your family and, and whatnot. So. And do you recommend people to like get a piece of paper out or their computer out or iPad or whatever you're using to write on these days yeah. and actually making a list of things that are kind of most important or most meaningful and then seeing how, yeah. you know, cause it's, it seems a, like, like a big broad esoteric thing. But once you kind of put yeah. it down on paper, do you then look at that and say, well, this is this is how much energy and time I can put like into this bucket or this bucket or this bucket and then schedule appropriately. Or how do you? Yeah. Work it? Um, you know, I mean, earlier in my career and, and again, I guess that set me up. Um, I mean, I, I would love to say that I've calculated this. I'm just unfortunately not that bright. And, and it's it's been kind of a slow progression and understanding of myself. But I used to say yes to just about everything because mm -hmm. everything sounded cool. And then the last couple of years, I've had the year of the educated no, the year of the educated yes. Um, and then really this summer, I, I'm that person I need to write stuff down. And, and of course, you know, there's all these planners and stuff now, the five-year planners of what's your purpose? I have no idea. I mean, that's kind of a big question. And I'm that person that I need to set myself up to succeed and, and find something that I can do. And that'll kind of help fill in the gaps till I get to the bigger question of what's my purpose. Like maybe on my deathbed, I'll figure that one out. But, um, I knew I think, something. I, needed think if you, <laughs> I think you can figure it out. I think if you worked through it, you would, I mean, you know what your purpose is as the president of yeah. the section on women's health. You just well, said that, it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think your purpose in, in overall being on the planet, that's Maybe a that's big, how I was interpreting that. I was like, yeah, question. that's what I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think you're looking at, like, what is your purpose opening your own business? You know, that's part of your right. brand. So what is what is the purpose? Right. You know, what is your promise to your uh, customers? And then what well, makes you different? How do you stand out? Well, I, I think that's the part that I started to figure out. And and. When you start to write down, okay, what are the things that I really enjoy doing? Mm -hmm. 
And then you prioritize those and figure out, okay, does this fit in? And if it's one of those things where I can't live without it, I figure out how to make it fit in. So for example, mm-hmm. self-care, um, being really cognizant that I am my better self with my family if I have self-care. And usually that's the first thing to fall by the wayside. So Always. I I block out two hours a week for, for CrossFit. I have an hour for yoga. Um, I've got to figure out when the weather gets a little more back in, but those are non-negotiables for me. So I kind of started with that. And then um, it's funny how those non-negotiables start to turn into things that, that fill up the rest of your life. So my CrossFit box happens to be on the other side of the fence from my office. So that serves me in a couple of different ways. Um, but I think looking at what you really enjoy and what makes you have those warm fuzzies and good feelings at the end of the day, like, um, that's the part where you want to put your, your time and your, in. um, and, you know, really kind of being on my own, I've really tried to reflect at the end of the day, like, is, is this all worth it? Cause it's obviously a really steep climb in the, in the first part. And I'm leaving smiling every day. I'm like, okay, yep, that's the right thing. That's the right thing to do. When I leave my students, it feels me invigorated to go do other stuff. Yep, that's the right thing to do. Um, that working with with our board and the section on women's health, I feel like I'm able to be in touch for you know up and coming therapists and show people that you know we can be involved even if we're we're just working that part-time job, you know, there's mm-hmm. a place for us, there's stuff for us to give. So um, until way, um, as long as I kind of keep it in those simple categories, it, it makes it doable. That's great. And I think that's great advice for anyone listening. If they're feeling a little overwhelmed or they're feeling like they're adjust, right. it's a great way to kind of look at things. What, what am I good at? What do I love to do? And on the business side of it, what's someone going to pay you for? Right. Let's be honest. I mean, you, you got to get paid too. You have a yeah. business. Um, yeah. So what, what do you love? What are you good at? What do you, what will someone be willing to pay you for? Cause if yep. you really love something and you're really good at something, it's awesome. And it, it can be like that self care. Right. But it's, if right. no one's going to pay you for it, then it's a hobby. Well, so and, and- you can't expect everything you do to, for you to get paid for number one, but number two, you can expect everything that you love to do and you're good at to kind of get you excited and to add to your life. Yeah. I mean, anybody that's interested in getting more involved in their profession, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie. That was, that was probably the one time it was a calculated decision where, um, as you start to become more of a volunteer, um, you're not going to get paid, but, you know, that gets me to CSM. That gets me around other people that, that do fill my bucket up. So I think getting paid, um, it, it's got to be able to, obviously, you got to get food in your kids' mouths, but it can look like a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And getting yourself in those situations can also um, pay off later on, too. Absolutely. Um, and you can end up meeting people that open up opportunities for other things. So I think 100%. just looking at, you know, did I get a check, you know, for this? It, it's it's a little short-sighted. I think if you start to be open about what that can, that payoff looks like, then all of a sudden you've got, I think, a lot more options of, of things to do. So for sure. Yeah. Because like scaling a business and scaling your, 
your involvement in, in let's say, for example, the APTA in some way, right. the return on investment may not be immediate. And scaling doesn't mean bringing in more money. Scaling no. can be opening up your network. Scaling can be traveling to speak somewhere. Having, like you said, other opportunities open up down the road because you never know. So I think exactly. when oftentimes when people think, oh, you know, scaling your business, it means raising your rates, hire more people, do this, do that. Right. When in fact, a scale of a business can be, it's still just you, but right. now your world is open to so many other opportunities and that's scalable. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think unique <laughs> to where we are here. I mean, I'm, I'm probably 15 minutes from APTA headquarters. And I mean, I've, I've lived in, in the DC area since 01 and Probably the first time I went down there and went in the building wasn't until the last, you know, four or five years or so. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to realize, too, um, that's actually really amazing is, of course, the people that are on staff at APTA live here. These are my neighbors um, that work, you know, for this organization that's working to help my profession. And, you know, they're happy to be your support system, too. And just you, you can find those support systems wherever. And they're happy to my neighbors are happy to advocate for me um, exactly. as individuals for for, you know, what I'm doing individually. So that part's actually super cool, too. Yeah. I mean, you're I think you're able to cultivate win win relationships. And that's always what we're looking yeah. to do. You know, you never want to enter in a relationship and say, well, what can this get for me? Right. It's you're entering in and saying, how can I help? Number one. And this is what this is what I need help with. And this is how yeah. I can help you. Right. Yeah. So if you are talking about the APTA and the people that work at the APTA, you're going in saying, well, how can I help? What can I do to be of service to the organization? And they're right. saying maybe X, Y and Z. And if you need something, we're there to give you support. Yeah. We're there to give you a referral of a patient, for God's sake. Yeah. So I think if you can, especially as a new business owner, cultivate a win win across Every, with every single person you meet, basically, because yeah. you'll see when you have your own business, every person you talk to, it can be a win-win relationship. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're setting yourself up for success. And on that note, we're going to take a quick 30-second break to hear from our sponsor, NetHealth. PTs, what do you hope to accomplish in 2018? I bet providing even better patient care and increasing revenue are top on the list. First, expand your visit capacity. Then get paid for your services, ramp up patient engagement, and eliminate worries about documentation and compliance. The good news is there's one solution that brings it all to the table. Redoc, powered by XFIT, is a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. Imagine PT billing, coding, compliance experts taking the back office work off your hands and reporting to you. Learn more about Redoc and complete revenue cycle management services at nethealth.com slash healthy. I, I think so much of that, you, you hit the nail on the head, I think, with the, you know, not going in with what can this person do for me. It's going in and, and, and being your authentic self and then also getting that in exchange and whatever comes out of that is going to have so much more value because it's inherently who you are and what you want and inherently who they are and what they want. Um, and so that part, I, I think you, you really form those, those lovely authentic relationships that, that can be really something much bigger. Yeah. And, and very special as well. Hi, Howie. Yeah. Howie Barrett says hi. Hi, Howie. And uh, <laughs> Carrie. Hello. Um, yeah. I, there are so many different ways to 
run a business, to raise a family, to work, yeah. to teach, to do all of those things as a woman, as a mom, and as a business owner. And I think that you have are setting yourself up in a really, really good position. So what advice would you have for, let's say, a student who may be coming out of school? I mean, you teach students. You have to yeah. give them advice, right? So what advice would yeah. you give to a student coming out of school if they wanted to have the family, have the business, be right. a volunteer, be more than they thought they might they might or could be? Right. Um, we, we actually get that question a lot. Um, there were a, a couple of us that did a, a presentation at CSM last year. It was um, Karen Brandon, Jenny Gablesburg, Cecily DeStefano, and myself. We did a hashtag Mama Kate Mafia. Sold out. And the, <laughs> it did. Um, the, it, it literally started as a joke where, you know, we're, we're, we're super moms. Sometimes uh, we have our cape flying high. Sometimes it's trapped in the car door. And sometimes we left it at the cleaners. And I think that's um, that's reality. Um, you know, I think the misconception that we have this all figured out and we're on Pinterest all the time and everything is perfect. Um, I think the sooner you drop, and I think I tell my patients, I was like, you know, the second you conceive, like anything that you you plan is kind of over um, because the, the the kid didn't read the directions. Um, and I, I think when you choose to be a mom, that's the case. You kind of have to be flexible and run with it. Um, and if you choose that that's, you know, that the path that you want to go down, um, I think the thing to remember is you're a mom. You're not dead. Um, and things don't have to end. It may you mean look life doesn't different. stop? No, sadly not. <laughs> um, no, it's... Uh, it's going to change. It's going to look different. And, and we say that about kids, too. Um, when babies are little and they're not. And uh, in my reality, my son didn't sleep the first five years of his life. And then you extrapolate four and you're like, oh, my God, they're never going to sleep. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't get better. It just gets different. And you get maybe better at handling right now. Um, but there's always going to be something different um, that you have to work through. And I think being being open to change because what you resist persists. If you keep fighting it, um, it persists. And I, I, that was a struggle that I had when I first had um, my oldest seven years ago is you've got this demanding child in the middle of the night that wants to wake up and wants to eat. And it really doesn't matter what you want. Um, and so I think the sooner you can kind of just roll with it. Um, and that there was a student, Megan Mitchell, she was on um She's at University of Maryland. She had something on Twitter mm -hmm. the other day and she's like, I realized that, you know, I'm trying to be perfection coming out of PT school and on my exams. And I don't know if that's the best idea. No. <laughs> uh -uh. Um, no. My, my days sometimes are a hot mess. Like this morning, hot mess. Um, but I don't have time to, to, it, it is what it is. And try and be as present with what you're doing at the time and you keep going. And um, I think the sooner you can kind of figure that piece out, probably the better. Yeah. And, you know, I was on a call with one of my mentors the other night, Chris Winfield, and someone asked him, he's like um, super connector or media personality. And he had someone had asked him a question about their message and it's not perfect and it's not this. And, you know, you said you were a hot mess this morning, which I highly <laughs> 
probably doubt, but I'll take your word for it. Um, but what he said that I that was very memorable to me is that your mess becomes your message. And I think yeah. that's exactly what the Mama Kate Mafia, your mess of how do I handle the kids and the this and the that. So that mess then became your message. And I think it's really important for people to remember that. And it's really important for people to remember that, I mean, they're seeing us on social media and we're celebrating our wins, which is awesome. And you should always do that and always celebrate your wins and let people celebrate them with you, which reminds me, I have to do that in the Women in PT group, actually. Um, because it's in, in this group that Chris Winfield runs every Friday, he's like, what were your wins? Give me, give me your yeah. wins. And then when you write them out, you're like, well, I did more than I thought I was going to do this week. And then, yeah. so these are your wins this week. What are your plans for next week? So it keeps you accountable, but also allows you to look back and say, yeah. oh my God, look at all I did this week. And, and some of the wins could be like, I don't know. I, I, cleaned my apartment or I, you know, it doesn't have to be grand wins. It's not like you won the Nobel prize or anything. And if you did awesome, but I think it's important to look back at the, at those wins in the week and where you're going to go. But, and also looking back on if my life was a hot mess, how can I take that, whatever your morning was this morning and educate others on how I got through this hot mess or how I just dealt with it or how I was present in it. Well, and, so and I think it's important. I, I, I think you're totally <laughs> on point there. And, and wins, um, again, I, it's, it's really <laughs> tough in, in this day and age. I sound like an old mom now, but um, trying to keep up with social media because everybody's got their gorgeous, amazing kids and they're, you know, amazing everybody's post perfect. photos. Oh, everybody's perfect. My dinner was off of Pinterest and blah, blah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's one of the beauties, though, I think of, of Mama Kate Mafia is just, acknowledging we we're on a um a text group and you know that morning where you realize five minutes before you you walk out the door that your kid has lice and Ugh. um every single mom cringes and has a silent scream when you hear that word and you realize five minutes before and you're like all right well what's what are we going to do here and and the fact that we get through it um, and somebody else has been there and understands it. And that goes back to, you know, ultimately that tribe mentality. Your win may not look like Pinterest. Your win may be um, I got to my podcast interview on time and, you know, dry shampoo is the best thing ever. And that's my win for today. <laughs> um, but the fact that you're not alone in this and I think having some vulnerability to say, um, yes, I do all these things, but it's it's not it's far from perfect. But I'm kind of okay with that um, because I know you guys are, are, are kind of in the boat too. So that vulnerability to be human, I think. Absolutely. And yes, Howie, he said, easy to think you are losing if you don't reflect on your winning. That's Which a great point. I, I literally so had a day we were talking through and she, her, she's got an older kid and really kind of, you know, concerned about next year, the kid going off to college and what's she going to do. And and um, we talked about that morning gratitude and that evening gratitude. And I know I am better when I write it down. Yeah. Um, and it's it may be as simple as I got a shower today. It may be as simple as, um, you know, the kids didn't die today and I didn't have to wrap my daughter in, in bubble tape. Um, it could be <laughs> as simple as that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, acknowledging those wins. That's a really great point in writing it because it makes it real. Yes. If you write it down, it makes it real. And like, I just write three things like at the end of the day. And sometimes yeah. it's like, I am thankful for snow boots. Simple. 
You know, it doesn't have to be huge. And like for the past two days, I was really thankful that I had snow boots because then I don't show up at my patient's apartment like a hot mess with wet feet and being gross and going into their, you know, beautiful apartments looking like, you know, I just walked out of a river or something, you know. Exactly. So it doesn't have to be big, huge, um, no. grand no. things. Like I'm thankful for my partner. I'm thankful for, it could just be like, Thank God I have snow boots. And then exactly. you realize all these little things that you have and how fortunate you are. Yeah. And I think when you're going back and, you know, to talk about kind of how I got to this point, it's not these big magnificent steps to get here. It's little ones that when you look back, added up to something big. It's a little gratitudes that if you don't acknowledge them, um, you know, they, they, they tend to, to go unnoticed. Um, and, and the things that I think for me that I've had to do a much better job on too is, so for example, my husband has been an amazing support system and it's little things. It's not grandiose stuff. It's like, he hangs my sign. He hangs stuff on my wall. He, um, you know, took the kids to school so I could run down to the county offices yesterday morning before my patient, like remembering that it's, it's not about me. It's everybody around me that makes this happen. I didn't get to CSM by myself. It was my neighbors and my students and our nanny and my mother-in-law and my husband. It's surrounding yourself with, with people that, and, and, and remembering it's, it's those people that get you where you are. So absolutely. That's a big gratitude and point. <laughs> on that, what I'd like to end with are maybe two or three things that you want sure. the listeners to take away from the conversation today? Sure. Um, I think you don't have to know exactly what the ending looks like, but you need to know it's time to change and start to just start to explore it. Be open to exploring it. You may not know what it, the, the ending is going to be like or what it's going to look like eventually, but be open to starting to explore it. Um, the other is is not to put limits on yourself. Um, that whole just thing, I'm just a mom and I just work part time. Um, that doesn't cut it anymore. I don't think you have so much to offer and so much to give, and and be aware of all the skill sets that you have to multitask and organize and and um, those are things that people want. Um, so not to to make sure that you give yourself credit, and then probably that last piece is what we just touched on is um, take those moments to and be present and you know really just kind of walk around it and say gosh you know this is this is all right this is this is pretty good i did a good job i i've got some amazing support around me and acknowledge it because if you don't before you know it gosh it's going to be it's going to be gone it's the same thing with your kids before you know it they're going to be grown up so those are probably the the three biggest things well, I think they are a perfect way to end. And if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how can they do it? Um, so my website is just my name, carriepagliano.com. So it's, uh, that's the easiest way to get to me. On Twitter, I'm uh, CJ underscore Pagliano PT. Um, and I'm also on Instagram as Carrie pa at Carrie Pagliano. Perfect. Very easy for everyone to remember. So, Trying to be. <laughs> yes. So, thank you, Carrie, for taking the time out in the middle of your day and coming on. And thanks to everyone uh, for being on with us Jennifer, Alex, Howie, Niels, uh, a couple other people. Um, thank you so much, Em. 
And uh, we will, I, I hope, uh, Maureen, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week, everyone, and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Hey, everyone. So how much did you love that Facebook Live episode? I loved it. A big thank you to Carrie Pagliano for sharing all of her ups and downs of starting her business and having a family and being a leader in physical therapy. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, Net Health. So if you want to provide even better patient care and increase your revenue for your business, check out Redoc Powered by XFIT. Again, it's a cloud-based, fully integrated EMR and billing solution. Plus, you can opt in to completely outsource billing services. That's the best way to optimize revenue. Imagine your physical therapy billing, coding, and compliance experts taking the back office work off your hands and reporting to you. It lets you do what you do best, and that's treating your patients. To learn more about Redoc and complete revenue cycle management services, check them out at nethealth.com slash healthy. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.